Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Love Talk Radio. People of the world, psychic to the being alive and direct, coming from Los Angeles, California, California, IA. Oh my goodness, people, today's show, it's been a while. Try to make this happen for some time. Been working on this for about a year. I had to talk to their reps, their agents, their managers, CAA, IC, all these people. Had to talk to make you know, do some connections here and there. I finally, finally got Shawnee and Chanel Gibbs on air. People, I'm telling you. I've waited a long time for this. So let's see if I got them there. I want to give them the proper introductions. I'm going to bring them on. I have them over there. They're probably on some movie set doing Avatar 2 or something like that. Don't worry about the sirens in the background. You know people on Chase Man, anything like that. People, the Gibbs sisters, award-winning team with credits in writing, producing, and animation. The twin sisters have created projects that have entertained audiences across the globe. Creators of the award-winning animated show Ravishing Raspberry, the popular online animated series adopted by Aliens, Old Ladies Driving, and Diva Smackdown. Oh, I like that one. I like the wrestling show. Diva Smackdown. I, I, I like that one. They're also USC guys, Hanks, and Marvin Miller Story Writers Fellowship alumni. That is not an easy program to get into. The Gibbs Sisters are members of the Writers Guild of America West, the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences, and the Organization of Black Screenwriters, OBS. People check them out. Great organization. They've been writing for Bravo, Step It Up, and Dance. And their individual work includes producing for Emmy Award-winning series, Top Chef, Project Runway, contributions to Disney's Emmy-winning sitcom, W. I, I, I can't say anything more because we might be here for another hour. Hold on for one second so I can get him on here. Ladies of the world, Shawnee and Chanel, what it is. Hello, live from the Staples Center. <laughs> oh, you at the Staples? Let me get my Let's well, get my speakers on and my microphone. We could do like an on-location. Ladies, what is going? It has been a long time to get this moment to happen. We're glad to be here. Yes. Thank you, Saeed. Yes. Oh, man, what are y'all doing? How's everything? First off, let's, let's take care of some 
personal business here. How was Comic Con? Y'all make your way down that way or what? Oh yeah, we did. It was um, it was pretty amazing. I mean, we did a, a compact version, so we just were there for like uh, Saturday, like all Saturday, and then we mm-hmm. turned around and came back to LA. But it was it was pretty amazing. For those people that don't yeah, really we... understand, go ahead, go ahead, ladies, go ahead, ladies, talk to us. Oh yeah, so we just we had a super um, super packed uh, schedule of just getting in, getting out. You know, sometimes you can get sort of um, overwhelmed by what goes on. Saeed, you've been there for a number of years, so you understand. <laughs> but uh, we were able to maneuver, you know, and uh, it was really, it was really pretty an incredible um, one day of Comic Con <laughs> whirlwind experience. Yeah. What is it about the show? For those out there, because everybody is like, I hate saying it, but they're kind of Comic-Con come lately. They're coming for the first year this year because they're seeing it, like they hear it talked about. But for those that have never really been there, how would you describe it for, we call them the versions of the show. How would you describe Comic-Con for the first-timers that want to go to that show? How would you how would you, how would you put it out there? I think um, now it's so massive, like it's so big. Uh, there's like so many companies, so many celebrities, which I, I mean, I think it's great because it's bringing, um, I think it's bringing the big spectacle of entertainment to the Comic-Con arena. Um, but uh, I think it's a way for you, if you're interested in, in any aspect of comics or some some sort of entertainment, you can go there and physically see, like, some of your favorite comic creators. You can meet with them. Sometimes, like, if you're going to some of the smaller events or panels, you can talk with them one-on-one. You can interact with people that may have similar interests. I mean, I think it's a, it's, it's a really awesome um, time, and especially, like, if you really plot your schedule out, because <laughs> otherwise you'd be roaming like all over the place, like whoa, there's so much to see and do. But if you really like, you know, take some time, plot your schedule out, and say I'm going to see this, this, and this, it, it can be an amazing experience. You can you can meet some awesome people. Um, you can collaborate with meet people that you may eventually collaborate with, other yeah. writers, other artists. I mean, I think it's a really good um, it's a really good convention to to meet people. Like you do, <laughs> yeah, that's about right. And I've never, I haven't figured out figured out how this happens, but an extravaganza like that—that's about a hundred thousand plus people. Somehow, the three of us somehow bump into each other in some escalator. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Oh, the other thing—you see so many people you know. That's the crazy. Like you just be walking out. Oh my God, it's so and so, so and so. Just run into people that you know. It's just—it's crazy. <laughs> no. The artists that we're concerned about today, Comic-Con, is their nice little groove in San Diego. They have the great people there, but we have you too. And you know I've been waiting to get you all. I've tried to send money, donations, make some calls <laughs> to President Obama. Hey, look, could you get me some information through NSA? Snowden must have their information. We have you here today. Listen, I already gave your introduction. Why don't you both tell, why don't you both tell us about your background? And you know, we don't edit here. This is live. You know how we get down. So say what it is and say how you want. What is your background, like, ladies? Our background, uh, well, we're in, uh, we work in post-production and television. That's, those are our day jobs. And then we're writers, we're screenwriters. Uh, now we can add comic book writers to uh, the equation. Yes, um, yes. We're also artists. Um, we've directed some projects. We've directed some shorts in the past. And we're just, uh, we're writers, entertainers, <laughs> somewhat. <laughs> Uh, and uh, directors, you know, 
we're we're artists and we're storytellers at the heart of everything. So, um, however you can tell the story, whichever whichever way, you know, whichever different genres or tools that you can use to to tell stories, we probably use them. <laughs> or we're in the process of you know of finding a way to use it. So, um, but yeah, ever since we were young, we just you know in any way that we could tell stories uh, through either words or art. Mm-hmm. or um, song <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> you know, it just came out. So I, mm-hmm. I definitely believe that if anybody, you know, in our family was sort of geared towards uh, towards the arts and uh, the creative arts, mm-hmm. it was us. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's how we, you know, so we've always, like, found our, our lane. We've always found our, our voice through, you know, through everything, and that's how we've been um, making our living. And... Um, and just being passionate about what we do. Yeah, our mom was an artist, and mm. uh, she just allowed us to run wild. She taught us how to draw, and I think that mm. probably was like that opened up so much for us, you know. Um, and then, like in in elementary school and stuff, we would always find a way to tell stories through our art. We would collaborate on like projects and win like uh, art awards, and we were like, oh, actually. We can get some people actually respond to this. Uh, we can get, like, ribbons and stars. This is pretty cool, you know? So right. um, I think uh, just getting, um, I guess, getting that acknowledgement in school that, you know, writing and arts was something that, you know, teachers and your stu- your fellow students appreciated. Like, oh, draw me a picture of a car, and you'll draw a picture. And they're like, wow, and everybody's like, wow. And you're like, oh, okay, mm. cool. This is, mm-hmm. I like it. So, um I think just being supported. It's an, I mean, it's one thing to to just be supported in what you're doing, uh, and when you're young, you know. And so from there, we just kept going, just you know, writing and creating artworks, and as Chanel said, writing songs. <laughs> just however it, you know, however we felt at the moment, we just, you know, we did it, and uh, I think that that stayed with us. And uh, I'm glad that we had that experience in our youth, you know. You ladies, it's interesting because I'm going to come back to the support aspect, but there's something that always stood out about you, you both, which always fascinated me because you know the artist mentality of struggling just doing one one arena. You ladies do film, comics, and animation. Now, <laughs> how, 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 first you have your production company. Tell us about Real Republic. Tell us about that. And then explain how, is it, how do you balance doing film, I mean, some people struggle just with films. You know how that world is. And you know how comic books are. And we won't get into animation. And you were doing animation before people understood how animation can get down. How is it that you two are doing three different genres, three different arenas? How's that, how's that work? Tell, tell, tell us. Talk about it. Shanae, <laughs> uh, did you want to take the question? Or? I mean, it just, well, every, it just continues to evolve. Honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, and it's always been, um, it's always been a process of you know experimentation is how it started, um, and that was, I think, through like a digital media course that probably one or maybe both of us took, mm-hmm. and um, you know we, as I said, like we we started off, it was either writing or drawing to tell stories or doing both. I don't know if you remember in, uh, like, kindergarten or first grade where you get that old sort of, like, newspaper, recycled <laughs> paper with the big lines on it, and then there would be a, a place for you to to mm-hmm. draw a picture and then also tell the story below. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I mean that like really like summed up how everything how it all got started. <laughs> and so um eventually like as we started getting into, you know, as um as digital media started really, you know, becoming accessible, you know, mm-hmm. for for um for young people and just people in general. Um that's how we just started experimenting with Photoshop and um, other tools that were available at the time. Um, I believe in the beginning there was like Poser, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then we were using our own illustrations uh, just to create movement with animation before there were any pro- programs available. Mm-hmm. We were just tinkering around. So in that, and people would be like, oh, could you, you know, show this? Or, you know, we were painting at the time. But I think I was doing um, oil or acrylic painting, and uh, Sinead, you were doing... Uh, what medium were you? Uh, yeah, like pastels and things. So we were always, you know, find, uh, looking for ways to to combine both video um, and um, and our storytelling. Just make everything, just make movement, and to mm-hmm. tell stories in different ways. You know, uh, that mm-hmm. was back when I think we were using like Adobe Premiere before Adobe mm-hmm. Premiere came back into the fold <laughs> after Final right. Cut sort of went down. Like in the very like early days, we were you know, right. and people were just fascinated, like, oh my god, how are you guys doing that? And then we would show things in like you know different uh, showcases, or somebody would start requesting things, and uh, we start we actually uh, back in the day while we were in college, we um, we worked for uh, a cable company back in the Bay Area. Um, there was a cable channel called African Eye. Uh-huh. Where we really got to go wild. I mean, we had he was our sort of our mentor and also um, our boss uh, by the name of Art France. I was just talking about him earlier this morning. Um, unfortunately, right. he passed away a couple of years ago, but mm-hmm. he taught us, you know, so much about um, about deadlines and creating um, uh, creating news. You know, it was it's sort of a newsy sort of thing as well. You know, so we were doing news. We were covering current events, we were covering arts and culture, and we were, you know, airing, like, every week. So we really had to be, you know, on deadline. We were doing this with uh, a couple of our friends from um, San Francisco State, uh, mm-hmm. Kevin D. Johnson, Jr., and a, a filmmaker here in Los Angeles named John Mazik, who's now doing music videos and um, and things. But we, um, so we were doing a lot of those, those sorts of things, and then we started creating, like, you know, animated interstitials for for the show, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. we had to not also we had to also be pretty quick. <laughs> so it'll mm-hmm. be like, you know, is that going to be ready for <laughs> for the Sunday <laughs> broadcast? And, and so, we stay know, up like all night. We would stay up all night oh and like God, all yeah. morning working to like get those animated interstitials ready for the show that we had to have done that day. So I mean, it was crazy, but I think yeah. it prepared us for what we're facing now. Sorry to cut you off, you know. <laughs> No, that's okay. I think I forget even what uh, what the software was that we were using, but that's we created. Um, we we used After Effects to create a little short called um, the Afro Puff Girls, mm. based on what was currently a big hit on was it, it was Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network Cartoon at the time, Network, which is yeah. Power Puff Girls. <laughs> mm. And so you know that actually people would you know people were really excited and like. I don't know if they were calling or emailing, but there were lots of, you know, people actually wanted to uh, 
to get copies of uh, Apple Puff Girls and things like that, so we knew that it was something that uh, that could reach people and actually get them excited about the program. They people would be talking to us about seeing the Apple Puff Girls oh. <laughs> on television as we told them that we were working for African Eye. So it was, you know, we didn't even really know that people were were necessarily watching the show. We thought it was just watching the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then as, as 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 things started, you know, progressing, you know, we started hearing back uh, that people were liking what they were seeing and um, actually tuning in to for the programming. So that was that was really great. I mean, it was a great start, and I'm really grateful and um, and honored that we got to work with our friends and and um, be mentored by him during that time um, in college. This is that that actually is a good lead in to this question from um one of our people in the chat. Folks, you want to get down, come to the chat. I blocked the chat so you don't see each other because some of y'all will say the wrong word and y'all start arguing back and forth and have to like stop dropping some people. So if I see you, I see you. Don't reach out to no one else and start calling people by name. But I have a question here from um, a gentleman here from Brazil. We're international. So his mm-hmm. English is a little struggling, but his question was he says, um, how important uh, let me see if I can read this here. You mentioned your mom, um, um, encouraging you with your art, and you just mentioned mentoring. How important is that encouragement and mentoring for creative for creative people like yourself? Or like oh, myself, that's what you're saying. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I think it's very important. Uh, I think it's important to nurture talent that you see in anybody that's around you, any young person. I mean, it could be, I mean, with our mom, it was our mom, but if there's, a, uh, if there's some youth or a child that you see or know and you see some potential in, I mean, I just think, Nurturing whatever that natural instinct is that that child possesses is uh, is I think it's the best thing for growth because I think I mean kids like before they even learn to say like what their parents want them to to be you know some people like are like my mom wants me to be a doctor but I really want to be a ballerina <laughs> you know like whatever that now I mean I think because I think everybody all of us have something and may you may be good at architecture you may be good at uh i don't know fixing cars or you're into boys who are into trains or you know like whatever you see whatever that child is whatever that child is expressing something that is innate i think it's something to uh to consider nurturing you know um and i think it's important it's important for human growth it's important for creative growth it's just important in general and when you get that support, I mean, when you feel comfortable, like, being who you, like, naturally are, I mean, I think that's the best thing uh, for you as when you get into adulthood. So I'm just glad that our mom supported us, our family supported us. Um, and my mom, you know, never, well, I mean, whatever we came home and said we wanted to do, she just supported us. <laughs> I mean, we mm-hmm. weren't getting into trouble. We were doing art stuff, you know, and she was just like, yeah, you know. You guys want to do television? Do it. You know, you want to do art? Do it. You know, as long as you you're doing what it is that you love to do, um, that's great. And I mean, even though you know there were times when we when we originally came to LA a few years back, you know, we both we came with no job prospects. <laughs> I mean, we left. We were working uh, in the Bay Area teaching media to youth. Um, I think Chanel was at a. Um, a museum and technology center in San Francisco called Zim, and I was working at a um, a program called Youth Sounds in Oakland. Uh, they were both we were both doing working with multimedia and youth, and then we decided to make the leap to come to um, to LA after a couple of years of graduating from San Francisco State University. Uh, we majored in cinema, 
and mm-hmm. came down no prospects, a little bit of savings. Wow. I mean, we probably had one month <laughs> total, you know, like one month of savings. Just like we're going to do it, and if we can make it, let's try. And uh, we came down, and my mom supported it. I knew she was probably like, oh, my God, what are these kids <laughs> doing? Um mm-hmm. But we came down, wow. and uh, we landed on our feet, and we found work. I mean, there was no other way. We were just like, this, this, this is what we want to do. So uh, we made it happen, and that's uh, where we both, I think, Chanel started working with a, a music company, and then somehow, no, I think I started working uh, in education, and then we both transitioned into jobs in television mm-hmm. um, just through ner- networking and um, meeting people and telling people what we were interested in doing and, you know, making connections, which is what, you know, Los Angeles is all about. Right. And, uh, yeah, that's how we, we first started here in L.A. L.A. I have a, you know, this is very interesting because I have a question here from, for, from um, what's her name here, Sarah in Texas. All right, Sarah, I'm going to give you a shout-out. Texas, what's going on? Uh, she wants oh, yeah. to know. The people in Texas. <laughs> oh, anybody anybody, anybody yeah. want to say hello to out there while we're on there? For all the people in Mar- and Marshall <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and Dallas, <laughs> we can go all the way around, right? Oh, yeah. she wants. To, she wants to know. She um, she's a big. She's ironically she's been following you since Adopted by Aliens, and she wants to know. We didn't get there, but she, she wants to know now. She wants to know how Adopted by Aliens came about. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Um, and she, and she, she has a follow-up. Well, yeah, She's been waiting what? forever. By, <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, during the time, um, that was when we were doing a lot of work with youth. Um, and we were both either, you know, in Oakland or um, just all over the East Bay. And I think what was uh, what we noticed was going on with a lot of the kids there, especially because we were working with at-risk youth, mm-hmm. is that um, – a lot of uh, children didn't, you know, they didn't have the traditional family, you know. Mm-hmm. So even if you went back to when we were growing up, there was the Cosby's that were on on television, and they, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't have that uh, sort of um, reflection at home. You know, some mm-hmm. kids were being uh, raised by their grandmother or, you know, some extended family member, or sometimes they were, you know, in foster homes. Mm-hmm. And so... um what uh that's kind of what brought uh, adopted by aliens into uh into being you know just thinking of a young girl with who actually the the main character Whitney Ward um was a, a ward of the court you know she was she was um in a foster home and uh it was just a little you know reaching out to to kids who um might not have felt you know that that support network or not might not have had, you know, some of the stuff that we had growing up, but um, that love was out there and uh, family was out there and it didn't have to look like the traditional family and, you know, your relatives probably didn't even have to come from, from Earth <laughs> mm. <laughs> to, uh, to, you know, for you to find a home and to, and to feel love and all and that sort of thing and to find your voice and to find yourself, so... That was a uh, we didn't we didn't have a traditional um, background either, but um, I believe you know in Whitney Ward there was a little bit of us, and I mean in all of our characters uh, there's always a little bit of us, and um, and I, I just love the concept, and, we, and it, it was another uh, scenario where you know we worked um, 
I think it ended up being just a 12-minute short, but we were working full-time. We were also here in Los Angeles, you know, doing our jobs, and we would come home and um, and uh, really really just get into it, really be passionate about it, just share our work back and forth, and, you know, we can tinker here and there and, uh, like, really excite each other by uh, by the things that we were producing, and, you know, eventually we finished uh, the, the short, which is, um, what is now adopted by aliens, and we didn't expect for when we showed it, we didn't expect for people to react, you know, as they did, but they did, and people still talk about it, and they're want, they're wanting to know when is it going to be on Nickelodeon. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's a process. I mean, we we actually had a, a meeting just based on um, having adopted by aliens. We were able to go into Nickelodeon and talk with some development people and. And do all that sort of thing. So it really opened doors for us, and it's a project that uh, we will continue to champion for and and keep, you know, additional ideas for, um, even though we've, you know, moved forward with, with some of the other projects. But uh, she's our baby, Whitney, and Adopted by Aliens World, and we'd love to, uh, love to see her on, on TV or the big screen pretty soon. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, yeah, we we love we like it a lot. We still really like it. Shanae was just watching it a couple of, like last like two weeks ago or something like yeah. that. And, you know, we can still chuckle and you know and, uh, still love it. So yeah, I was just remembering that. Um, I mean, the thing about Adopted by Aliens too was that um, it was just it was only Chanel and I working on it. I mean, outside of, uh, like, some of the vocal talent that we hired, uh, Lynesha Cately, who was just awesome yeah. as uh, as Whitney, um, and uh, just going to record the sound, it was Chanel and I, like, creating all of that stuff. Um, yeah. And I just think, wow. I mean, when I look back, I'm like, oh, <laughs> how, did we, how did we even get it finished? You know, because we were, like, working full-time and all that stuff. But um, that was just us oh, yeah. learning, learning and all was- the ropes. Of like animation, just doing it all ourselves, which helped us later to do stuff like Sule and some of the other um, projects that we're working on now. Chanel, I'm yeah, we moved into Flash actually. That because oh, yeah. I, um, I remember before that we were only using After Effects. Like we did this, mm. our first uh, project was called Ravishing Raspberry, and mm. that was in After Effects. <laughs> so and that was just like a, a combination of our our artwork and uh, like collage sort of work. Uh, mixed with video as well, so yeah, we I, I can't I forgot that that was like our first flash project too. Now, when you have these so projects, she, she's she oh wait she's saying thank you so much and she's waiting for the movie. <laughs> so, hey Sarah, if you want to <laughs> talk option, I think we can work something out. But my ten percent. I want to uh, this actually lead into something else because with all these with all these um we're going to talk about well, you know we're going to talk about fashion forward. You know we're going to bring that into the mix. But before we mm-hmm. get there, is how, what was the inception of Real Republic, your production company? I call it the studio because it looks like a studio. How did Real Republic <laughs> come together? I think, I think it came as we were working on Ravishing Raspberry. Um, it was, I think we were fresh out of college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just out of college and... Uh, we wanted to start um, our own production leg up the, in the Bay Area, and uh, so that is that's how Real Republic uh, got started. You'll see, I mean, like when you look at the Real Republic logo, there's like a woman, and her hair is made of film, and she's standing in front of a flag uh, that's like <laughs> the the Republic flag. But it's really uh, we just wanted 
a strong um, production company that had an independent spirit and an independent focus, and we really wanted to do unconventional films and tell unconventional stories. And we wanted the, you know, just the name and the logo to just be synonymous with with that independent spirit that we wanted um, to have. And so um, that's where Real Republic came from, and we're still, uh, it's still at our heart. And um, telling stories that haven't been told is totally still what we love to do. And uh, that's how it originated, though, when we were fresh out of college. You're coming from, this is something that I heard George Lucas talk about, some time ago when he was in the he was down here wanted to go back to the Bay Area. The sense of creativity is a lot different in the Bay. And I've noticed and just just talk with you face to face, it's you you come to me, you're just so you, you both are so humble and so grounded at a place like Comic Con or for at uh, for at WonderCon or wherever we met, where people are running around all frantic trying to hustle. It seems like you guys just walk in, maybe you hide it well, I don't know. But you just you seem very you seem to be very grounded about the experience going around you, and I was kind of curious. It was is is there a different vibe in the Bay Area versus L.A. when it comes to the creative spirit, the creative vibe, or collaborative? Because you two work so well in so many different genres. I wanted to ask that question. I I think um, I think that the spirit is definitely different in the Bay Area, and even like when we went to film school at San Francisco State. The the teachers and everybody, I think, um, the spirit the spirit was independent. Tell those kind of stories you mm-hmm. want to tell, do it the way you want to do it. But then I think later as we were leaving, <laughs> um, oh yeah, I think <laughs> that there was a uh, somebody came came into the cinema department and he said, you know, what you guys are doing with this independent stuff <laughs> is not going to pay your bills. Like, uh, wow. you guys are out doing, making the kind of movies you want to make, but you're going to be out basically, you know, waiting tables somewhere when you graduate <laughs> with that degree. And so what I want to do is restructure this whole thing so that, you know, you guys specialize. And when you come out of here, you'll have a degree that means something. And, wow. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. But, I mean, the truth, I mean, there is a, there's a truth to um there is a difference in independent film and whether or not you want to, like, specialize and, and come into L.A. and, you know, know that you're doing sound or know that you're going to be a, a DP and have these camera skills. I mean, I think there's something to be said for both. Um, I, I think it's the independent spirit is, like, just something that's just native to the Bay Area, just with the whole, you know, Berkeley's there, mm-hmm. uh, the whole hippie free love movement, I think, kind of originated in the Bay Area in the 60s, and mm-hmm. I think... There's just the, Black Panther started the Black Panther Party came out of the uh, Oakland. I mean, there's, it's just a, it's a place where there's just free thought. People are allowed to be who they want to be, express themselves how they want to express. And I think that's something special, I think, about the Bay Area. Um, I think mm-hmm. here in L.A., when people move to L.A., I think uh, people are so uh, driven to, quote, make it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, I think, and make it means, you know, sometimes make it, make it, making it means paying your bills and, you know, working in the field that you went to school for. I mean, there's, so I think the drive, like the, um, people are more intense about trying to do it in, in a time span that they feel that they need to do it in. And so right. I think the, um, people are just more driven here to, like, 
to have some measure of success. We're in the Bay Area, I think people are more like, I'm just doing what I love to do. You know, I'm an artist, and I display at the galleries, or I, I show my films when I want to show them. Uh, I don't think the pressure is as intense as it is here, you know? I it's think there's not, a, and the, the other part about it is that um, there's a uh, there's so many voices, you know, there's so many you know, as we we both know, and probably you know, we we all know as, as far as like the note process. Mm. And you know, you you and you started off making a film that you intended to make, but you know, <laughs> once you get notes back from the executives, and once you get notes back from the studio, and you know, notes and notes, and everybody's got a hand in the process, it's no longer you know, the project that you <laughs> originally set out to make. So. Um, it is a little different. It's not a. It's not you know an indi- It's not an independent process. You know, once you get here and you get into the system, you know, into the fold of the system. This is. Just, I mean, but and it changes. I mean, sometimes it changes things for the for the better, and then right. sometimes it doesn't. But I mean, you know, that's uh, and that's one of the realities when you get here too. It's like, oh, wait a minute. I thought I was coming here to. <laughs> To make a, you know, to make just a bigger version, a more well-funded version of what it, <laughs> what it was that I set out to do, and it's like, oh wait a minute, no, you have to jump through a few, a few, a few more hoops, or you know, hear from a few more people. But right. uh, yes, it's different, but you know, there's so much more opportunity here. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, it's it's been it's been pretty good to us so far. Well, the things you've been doing again, it, it, it's, it's. I didn't realize it until a couple of days ago when I was putting together the show. Because you know, we talk, you know, we talk about what we talk about. So it's like, okay, we talk about you know life and things like that. But when I sat back and said they're doing film, animation, and comics, man, <laughs> now mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what else more to say beyond that. But when we talk about the comics, there was that awesome publication that you put in my greedy little fingers called Fashion Forward. And people with uh, Sean and Chanel Gibbs today, we're on the street. Reach out to them. Give some love. You can find is there Before yeah. I forget, is there a way they can contact, before we continue, is there a way they can contact you or listeners can reach out to you? Is there any information, email or something like that? Yeah, if you go to uh, real, realrepublic.com, which is um, real as in film, real, R-E-E-L, republic.com, you can find our contact information there. Um also, if you go to uh, the current project, which is gofashionforward.com, uh, you can find contact information for us uh, there as well. We also have Twitter and Facebook. Ooh, I have to find you and on so, Facebook. Yeah, we're not, we're not hard, yeah, we're not hard to find. I mean, you might not find any <laughs> personal pages, but we're not hard to find if you're looking to get in contact with us. There you have it. you want to give out your phone number? <laughs> yeah. I hear some pens coming out. Go ahead. <laughs> 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 now you talk about go fast. I think that forward. is a no. <laughs> yeah, I know that the 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 the, uh, the tense silence in the air. Now, question: <laughs> We have the we have the go fashion forward. That book, I mean, I've seen that book is just a, a step above. How did that project come together? How did that book come together? And what do you want to do with it? Let's see. What um, we were we had, we were in the. Uh, the Cosby Writing Fellowship, the Marvin Miller and Guy Hanks uh, writing program at USC. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we were, um, 
We were working on a, it was a script that we worked on while we were in that program, and we knew that we wanted to um, to take it and, and make it something um, something visual. And so we came up with the idea of making that um, that script uh, a comic book. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, fashion forward, uh, we describe it as Back to the Future meets uh, Devil Wears Prada. Mm. <laughs> it's, um, it's a time travel story um, set in the uh, the world of New York high fashion. Um, and so it's just really, it's fun. I mean, like, the, we, we just tell stories. I mean, the, on the most basic level, we, like, tell stories to entertain ourselves first and, like, make ourselves laugh and, you know, like... Um, we like like adventure driven stuff and comedy driven stuff and uh when we talked about it we were just laughing and and uh as we were coming up with concepts and storylines we were just having a ball and i mean um just working on the comic is just it's so it's so fun and it's freeing you know and uh whatever we can imagine um in our minds we can put on um the panel uh in the comic book and uh, we were working with a fantastic artist, um, Linda Chung, who's from Southern Southern California, but Mm -hmm. she's currently up in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. But uh, she's an amazing, amazing artist, and we've just been collaborating. Currently we have one book um, out, published, and then a second book on the way. Um, And it's just awesome. Chanel, do you have anything you want to add to that? I know she does. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's just it's been a it's been a great um it's been a great undertaking, you know, it's been a great time out for us to, to do this and um to further working in the arts or finding ways to uh tell stories visually and uh to collaborate with an artist to do it. I mean we did that with Sule in the case of the Tiny Spark. Uh too mm-hmm. we worked with several artists and animators to to get that going, um, but in a way that's, you know, completely new. We've been doing it with Fashion Forward, and uh, we like it a lot. We like the response that we're, we've been getting. We were down there um, at Comic-Con the last week or so. What was that, two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. It feels like, wow, that was so man, It feels like yesterday. <laughs> but we Black were, there, you know, as we were down there, we were, you know, we were interacting with uh, with young girls and young ladies and uh, people who would be interested in the comics. And I remember handing, you know, one of our um, one of our postcards, which has the the new, actually, the the second book we were promoting. Um, mm-hmm. The image for that on the on one of the postcards, our promotionals. And uh, I had a young lady that says, hey, I'm already reading this. Wow. You know? So, yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely getting out there. And, um, you know, we're really excited about uh, the possibilities and um, and what's what's to come for the for Passion Forward, the, um, the book and, and the brand in general. So it's, it's, we're super excited about it. And really, 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 really excited about it. We got some good press on it, too, some, some good write-ups and things. Our girls and in comics gave us a good review. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, it's really, it's really good. So, yeah, we're really excited. I mean, yeah, I'm very pleased and very happy. Hmm? No, go ahead, go ahead, continue on. Oh yeah, we're just yeah, we're really we're really excited and pleased and happy with uh, with how things are, are turning out for it. And uh, through the our publishing arm, which is Bopsy Books, mm. we're um, we're looking to do more projects 
uh, also, you know, in the future. More graphic novels, even maybe just some traditional novels as well. So everything is, you know, coming together. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're super excited about it. Tell me something. The website, can you share the website first before going to the uh, the next component here? What's the website for Fashion Forward? Oh, yes. Yeah, it's uh, gofashionforward.com. Mm-hmm. The book, people. I'm telling you, when I looked at it, I said, my God, okay, what booth are you set up at so we can send some people over? <laughs> they, you gave out the, the card. This stuck in my mind. You gave out the uh, the promotional card to a young lady, and she said she's reading already. Was that mm-hmm. feeling similar to when you when you found out that there were actually people watching the animated program you were working on years back? Was the feeling kind of the same? Like, wait, oh my God, someone's actually reading this stuff? Yeah, it really was. And, I mean, you know, when people... Let's say, you know, because as we, uh, when, before we even came to Los Angeles, we were in uh, in the Bay Area, in Oakland, thinking that we would just stay up there, you know, just thinking, hey, you know, we're just going to be here, we're going to make, you know, um, this our, uh, our, our publishing, you know, our, our production home, you know, mm-hmm. in Oakland, we'll do some stuff here, and we started there. Um, eventually, uh, with Ravishing Raspberry, which was our first film, that ended up going a lot of places that mm. we just didn't even realize it would go. And uh, it also ended up on BECJ. Somebody had gotten in contact with us uh. about it, you know, showing it on, you know. So, I mean, that's the, the, the other thing. I mean, and I guess when you talk about, you know, the humbleness or uh, things like that, we never try to go in with the intention of like, oh, my God, we're going to tell this thing and it's just going to, you know, get to all these people. We go in. This is an interesting story. Is, this, is it making us laugh, or you know, is it interesting to us, or you know, we just we just go in it as far as like just the process of of writing a story that we think is interesting, or just you know, cracking ourselves up, you know, in some in some form um, or another, and then you know, as it as the process starts unfolding and developing, it becomes something that's a little longer. Um, a little more than we even expected it, and then once it goes out into the world, you just never know. So sometimes we'll meet somebody at a, a networking event or just you know, at somebody's party or what have you, and the, they've seen uh, the work. <laughs> like um, I think I was at the scandal. Oh, that's what, uh, scandal uh, with Kerry Washington. There was a premiere. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the finale, and I, I was just there with a friend of mine for just to hear them. They were doing a final table read uh, the night of the finale, so it was like all the actors and uh-huh. uh, Shonda Grimes was there and all these things. And uh, and so at the end of it, there was a woman who was a member of the, the DGA who uh, remembered me from like two days, like almost ten years ago now. Before we wow. came to Los Angeles, when we showed through BeHerk, which you know BeHerk is the Black Hollywood and Education mm-hmm. Resource Center, um, when we were yearlings <laughs> <laughs> with um, with Ravish and Raspberry, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I remember you. You have." I mean, another thing is, you know, people remember twin, like two people who look alike, I suppose, walking around too, but she remembered the film, and she's like, I remember you seeing when you were you and your sister. So a lot of people, like that was our Los Angeles debut, and a lot of people have never. <laughs> you know, forgotten um, the work, I guess, also because it was animation and it was a little different. And right. um, and it was a really, you know, it was really fun. I mean, and that uh, film went to, like, several different places with totally different audiences and just to see people laughing and enjoying it and having a good time uh, with the with the short 
was just like way beyond what we ever expected, you know. So mm. it's just pretty cool just how you could be somewhere and somebody will remember your work, and uh, and that's you know really gratifying, you know. Share so with it us. It just makes yeah, it, it just it makes your heart swell. <laughs> I can see the smile from here. Swelling. I had a heart swelling moment there in Comic Con. I was like, oh. <laughs> do you remember? Oh. Do, you, do, you, do you remember her name by any chance? No, but I remember that she was from. She was actually from San. She had traveled to um, San Diego from San Francisco. Wow. It was yeah. She had to be like yeah. She had to be like young college age or something. Nobody I ever knew or anything like that. But she was checking out that she's been reading, and that's oh, really fan. great. Oh. Well, our our young fan, our college fan that she had met at Comic-Con, you're getting a shout-out. Your name's not known, but you're getting the love. So hopefully we're bringing a smile <laughs> right. to your face up there. So let's go yeah, on another question. Yeah, I, I can see the smile from here. <laughs> I can literally see the smile on both of your ladies' face because you, know, you guys are, <laughs> Share with some people. We have, a, we have a few minutes left here, and I want to get into your success and triumphs and things like that. But the, what is the collaborative process between with, with you two? I, when I write, uh, when I write, it's me. I don't write with anybody. I, 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 it doesn't work. I've tried. It doesn't work. So you two, <laughs> yeah. it seems that your voice, it comes together, but it can still be different in different genres. What is the collaborative process with you two? Um, for us? Talking the story out in advance and then outlining um, a structure is, um, it's like essential. Uh, because sometimes, I mean, there have been times like early on where we tried to write where both of us were sitting at the keyboard. <laughs> and that can just get it was disastrous. Messy. Yeah, it was a disaster. Like, it just was a disaster. Um, I mean, we got to a few things on the page and then, you know. <laughs> Things just fell apart. But then um, <laughs> then we started, like, really sticking to our outlines. And then so, like, Sh- Chanel may take one scene or one beat, and then, like, I'll write the next scene. And then, you know, like, as it's, since we know where we're going, it's easier for us to, like, work individually and then mm-hmm. come back together and, um, and work that way. So I would say, um, like, talking it all out, talking the story idea out, like, uh, one of us may have an idea, and we'll be like, oh, like Chanel. I think Chanel has the idea for Fashion Forward, where she was like, boots and, you know, time travel, and we would <laughs> laugh. And then from there, we would just, like, just start fleshing it all out, and then we would outline, and then one person takes one scene, the next take, we take the next, and then we just collaborate that way. Um, but I think some, let's see, uh, our strengths, I think um, sometimes, like, I'm good with the technical stuff, um, Chanel can get really flowery and wordy with her description. It's always fun to read. Um, and then, like, if I make, like, when I'm making her laugh, you know, I know that I've done a good job, you know, and the same thing as, well, I'll be like, what are you laughing at? <laughs> Which line <laughs> makes you laugh or whatever? And then just make a mental note, like, ah, I got to chuckle. So um, it's just that sort of a thing. Like, we kind I mean, really, we truly just, we do write to, like, make <laughs> To make ourselves laugh and to like to have a good time that way. Because if I know if she's laughing, then I know like somebody else, at least somebody like us or say anybody, you know, would just chuckle there too. So uh, you know you're doing your go- your job when you you know when you get a laugh or you get some kind of reaction. So I mean it's yeah, I, it's a fun collaborative process. Um, yeah, and it works well for us. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. the other part of the process is just uh, we'll hand off our pages to each other, too, to punch things up or to, uh, you know, to punch up jokes or to, is this going in the right direction or those sorts of things. Um, it's just good to have another pair of eyes uh, for especially jokes because a lot of our, our work, uh, we work in comedy. Mm-hmm. So it's comedy. really good. It's fun. Yeah, or we I, try. I, I, more power. <laughs> That's the other I thing. To, you you think you're ahead. writing comedy, and then <laughs> it turns out you were writing a tragedy. <laughs> right. It turns out somebody oh. like this is not funny. <laughs> oh, was this? Oh, was this supposed to be funny? <laughs> oh. oh my God. Let's share with people yeah. out there because we have a lot of people listening. I, I don't want to tell you how many people might get a little nervous, <laughs> but it's a lot. <laughs> Uh, one of the questions, you've said a lot of your successes. Uh, what challenges or difficulties do you want to share with the people you've experienced in this this, this journey of creation? Um, that could be like a advice to the fellow creators out there in, in the Internet world. Yeah, for sure. Um, sometimes, I mean, because we work hardest or we we're always looking for um, for artists or other people to collaborate with sometimes, especially with the, uh, the the new graphic novels that we've been working on. And sometimes it's hard to, uh, I mean, you have to really be discerning about who it is that you choose to work with, um, who it is that uh, you, you choose to collaborate with. And I, I, I like to, we like to use contracts a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make sure that... <laughs> Because it's easy to get into, you know, where you thought you were doing, well, you thought you were doing one thing and somebody else signed on for something else. And then you don't find out until, you know, until it's too late that you guys had two different intentions or, you know, those sorts of things. So um, we had one project just completely stall, you know, uh, because, I know. And uh, so that's really tough, especially when you, like, put time and money into it. And then um, I'll tell you, you know, offline <laughs> a little bit about some of the other details. But, yeah, to have projects fall is really, yeah, it's really disheartening, and it and it hurts, I mean, to get so far and then realize you can't go any further because um, just because somebody just wasn't as committed as maybe you thought that they were. So I would say spend a lot of time, you know, talking to people before you uh, you decide what to do. A lot of the times we go with, you know, uh, we, we look at a lot of portfolios, um, and we're just very discerning. We make it clear what it is that we're looking for, you know, when, when as you're talking to people, just to make sure, even look in their eyes <laughs> and see, you know, well, are we agreeing or are you, like, you know, glazing over? <laughs> <laughs> you know, those sorts of things. So it's just, you know, you really have to be, especially when you're running your own business, um, you just have to really take the time to sit down with people and figure out what it, you know, and make it clear, you know, where, where each of you are going or what, you know, what, what your intentions are as far as a, a project is before mm-hmm. before getting involved. And, and be sure to uh, draft up contracts before you work as well. That would be one of my biggest um, um one of my biggest lessons is just make sure you have contracts. Oh, yes, I agree. <laughs> we'll talk offline. <laughs> if y'all need a lawyer, Tony Long, T-O-N-I, Long. You can find her on Facebook. Get her. 
awesome lawyer, entertainment law. <laughs> so went to Stanford. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's the reason why, if you look at your body of work, I mean, we didn't get to the producing stuff you do on network TV. Do you mm-hmm. think that's probably why, like when you go to Comic-Con or you go to a film place, you, I, you, you, only, you somewhat see the same artists up there because they've been the most committed, the most um, dedicated, and the most respectful of working with other people. Do you, do you get that perception or something totally different? Yeah, like I see- do. I mean, oh, yeah, go, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. No, I, I, you know, I think it's true. I, I do think it's true that, um, yeah, though, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think it's with all disciplines. Like, even, exactly, let's right. say, Comic-Con or, let's say, uh, film where exactly. somebody will say, like, somebody like, um, uh, you know, Tyler Perry, as a, a as an example, who sometimes, I mean, he, like, he has a lot of people who support him, a lot of awesome fans, but then he, has, then he also has naysayers. But the thing about um, people who are disciplined, and not only disciplined, but they work really hard and they turn out a lot of product, um, there's something to be said for that, and um, I I totally think that's probably why you see a lot of the same people at Comic Con because they work hard, uh, they work hard to maintain their audience, you know, they're loyal to their fans, you know, and uh, they don't they don't take I mean if they do take a break they'll they'll say I'm taking a break guys, but I'll be <laughs> back next year with something, you know, and so the fans you know the fans will wait for you. Yeah, you know, I mean, will. if you let them know, and if you just don't, and even if you disappear on them, I mean, you know, like uh, Dave Chappelle, <laughs> we all, <laughs> when he disappeared from television, he oh, came yeah. back, and everybody, we we still were like, oh, where have you been? You know, we missed you or whatever. But I don't know. I, um, there's a lot to be said for just working hard, um, being committed, you know, not faking out on people, and, you know, doing mm-hmm. what you say you're going to do, showing up on time, you know. Uh, doing all that stuff. It's just the basic stuff that everybody knows uh, to do. But sometimes, you know, you may, I don't know, things happen and you may falter a little bit. But definitely, yeah, staying committed and and doing what you're supposed to do, it definitely pays off and uh, working hard. Yeah, consistency is a big part of it. Just like you're saying, uh, Shanae, is that you can see it in a portfolio. That's the thing. Like, you can see it once, once that resume starts getting built. Like, you mm-hmm. can see the work. Like, I, I even, like, with filmmakers, you can see they're real and see the the more you do it, the more committed you are, the more consistent you are, the better it's going to get each time. And yeah. then um, that gives you, you know, more opportunity in the future as well. So it opens many doors just to stay consistent and to c- continue artwork. Or we'll see some portfolios where it's like, man, that, that person is talented, but, you know, I only see a portfolio with, like, you know, six pieces in it. So that's telling me that either, you know, you are, um, you're either really new or, or you'll see those pieces is like 2011, 2010, 2013 is like, well, where's the rest of it, you know? And then it's like, you know, you can see who's really working and then you can see it reflected in their art too, as you see people with like lots and lots of work. Um, which is where we're trying to get with with our stuff. I mean, like we, you'll see. I mean, if you look into our filmography and you look into our our history, you'll see that we've been at it for a long time as well. And some of our friends, or you know, some of the people we started with, might say, you know, you guys, um, how did that happen, or whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's not like, right. I mean, it's not like we're not working. We continue to work, and we continue to 
try and make opportunities happen, and um, and that's just how it is. Just staying consistent. We could have dropped mm-hmm. off, and hey, I'm going to go back and you know start motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which is great. I mean, I think it's great, great uh, to go away and then do things and do different things or what have you. But I do think that there's something to be said about trying to stay consistent, and that's that's what we're we're um, we're trying to have our work reflected in that way as well. But Definitely in those portfolios, it's just easy to spot certain things. I mean, and I, I could talk more about this offline too. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> or part two. We'll look at each other. We'll we'll be like, yeah, that's great, and that's how one of um, somebody that we worked with. I mean, had a lot of great work, but it was you know inconsistent, and that was mm-hmm. something that we didn't pay too uh, attention to early enough in advance to know that oh no, this is you know this is what happened. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's a lot. It's just a, we have several like learning experiences and several um, stories that we we refer back to to help us um, make better decisions in the future as well. So this year, yeah, everything is a learning experience for sure. And as you said, this and I'm glad you brought that up. This, this, the question was actually as you brought it up in reference to comics. It's the same, you know, across with film and animation. It seems to be like. Consistency is the key, and you know integrity, as you as you point out so eloquently. Yeah. You guys, I don't know how y'all do it, but you know y'all do what you do. <laughs> Just keep ruling the world. Before we go off in a few minutes here, I want to touch on the network you are working on. Again, uh, people they were producing for Emmy Award winning series Top Chef, Project One Way, Congress Disney's Emmy winning Emmy winning people sitcom W. <laughs> how how did that come about and yeah, how that all come about? You're, you're, it's almost like a fourth area for you ladies that you work in the creativity. <laughs> should I? Okay, let's see. How did it? Oh, oh, should I go into this law? I feel like it's a long story. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, you guys, you guys like post-production. Yeah, a lot of it. I just want to say to um, anybody that may be listening or anybody who's interested in coming to L.A., I don't know. I don't know if it's enough to just be an awesome writer. Um, it's not enough to just be an. I mean, it is. It, it's awesome to be an awesome writer. Let me say that. I mean, it's great to like know your craft and be amazing, but it, there's also a lot to be said for being able to get out into a networking environment, meet people, and say, "I'm so and so. I'm a writer. Or I'm interested in looking for work, or you know that sort of thing." Because I think sometimes with us writers. Uh, in particular, like create, like you know, us, we we kind of create in our little vacuum, and then we're like, oh, you know, when it's time to go looking for work or whatever. But you have to exercise that muscle. You have to get out there. You have to sometimes put yourself in uncomfortable situations. Like if you're not like a, um, if you're not naturally like the conversationalist, just try like putting yourself in the position of getting out and shaking hands and meeting people because that's how like I got my first job in television. And it didn't even, I didn't even, oh, I was like, you know, <laughs> sort of a shy person. I wasn't even the person who even opened my mouth. It was my my friend who I met who turned to somebody who was working as a producer, and she was like, so how would I get a job there? I'm interested in working or whatever. And he gave us, um, he gave us contact information. He's like, yeah, I know the human resources person. You can just send your resume over. And mm-hmm. so I wrote down the contact information and sent my resume over, and then that was my first job in television. But, I mean, it's, like, there's just a lot to be said for, like, knowing how to um, to speak up for yourself, to sell yourself, because that's what, you know, that's what this, the industry 
to some degree is about is like meeting people because mo- I mean even now like most of our work will come from somebody saying hey I'm working on a show I'm looking for a story producer or whatever would you be interested in this job I mean and that just comes through relationships so mm-hmm. um, I mean I know that um, it's I mean the town the, the town um, the 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 lifeline is relationships. People, whenever they want to work, you know, I'm looking for a DP. Does anybody know a DP? Or, hey, mm-hmm. I'm looking for a writer. And they'll go through their contacts or they'll call their friend and say, hey, do you know somebody? And if you were at that networking event and you, like, presented yourself or you, like, spoke up at some point and somebody says, oh, just, you know, just so that person remembers you. And they can pass your name along or whatever. So, um uh, that's I mean that's how my television start happened and then I knew somebody who was looking for some people and I think I told Chanel about it and Chanel jumped on it and then she started in um, working on I don't know, one of the shows uh, probably Project Runway um, mm-hmm. but it definitely like it works that way and uh, we've been able to keep going um, for a few years just working in television um, that way but I would definitely. I think it's important to um, to attend any networking event and don't be afraid to leave your laptop <laughs> while, while you're working <laughs> on a hot script. If somebody says, hey, there's an event going on, you want to come with me? Don't. I mean, of course, make the time to write and make the time to create, but also make a little time to, you know, to get out there and get amongst uh, people in the town, uh, whatever that town may be. Even if you're in, you know, Indiana and you want to be a screenwriter, or, you know, South Africa, you know, you just get out there, you can However, people can find you, even if it's like at a party or just getting your work out there. I think it all helps. Do you do you feel there's something you touched on? Do you feel I know that people look at the who was the young lady from uh, Juno, Cody Diablo? I think that's her name from Minnesota, someplace. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think a lot of people put a lot of pressure on themselves if they're in a place like Illinois or Iowa or someplace? They put too much pressure that I have to be in LA. I have to get there. Do you do you sometimes feel people do that and it's kind of counterproductive or how would you get, how would you give it a person advice true. in that situation? What would you, what would be your advice? Well, it's, it's easy sometimes to um, to get fascinated and you know get stars in your eyes and and, and want to come to Los Angeles because you you do want to physically be where a lot of things are happening. But um, I do think there are other ways to. Uh, to get Hollywood to take notice without even la- leaving, you know, probably your <laughs> your front door sometimes. <laughs> because, yeah, I think Cody Diablo didn't she? She had her own blog that's, you know, tumblers and all these sorts. There's a lot, a lot of different ways to, to get attention and, get, and to get people interested. As you can see, we, we did a lot of, um, even in Oakland, just if we were to, were to continue there, we probably would, uh, have more of a filmography, <laughs> to be honest, because, um, you know, we got here and we're, we're still working full-time in television, a lot of our work, you know, and that takes a lot of time. Sometimes you're working 12-hour days, and then when you come home, you don't have, you know, a lot of uh, energy for your own projects, and that's where a lot of people, you know, when they come to Los Angeles, I mean, they'll tell you, a lot of the people that we do work with, they came with intentions of, you know, Doing, uh, doing more of their writing or maybe directing and things, and you know they got into editing or they just fell into some job where they're you know maybe they're even an agent, you know and but it wasn't necessarily you know every there's a winding uh, road 
um, as far as getting from point A to point B to even, you know, point C in Hollywood. So um, it, it could be sometimes more beneficial just to stay home and, and stay focused on um, on your projects, and especially if you're a writer, to build your credits in other ways uh, where you can, you know, you can work on your screenplays and you can also uh, do a great blog or um all right. Uh, I see a lot of people. Fan fiction is really a big thing now, as well. So um, you know about this, Haid? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, oh, I'm very familiar with it. How about you explain it to the audience yeah. for those that who are like, oh. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, there's a lot of Twilight-based <laughs> things going on, and you know, based on existing properties and stories where people just, you know, take the characters and run with them or do things inspired by different things. And I think that's how Fifty um, Shades of Grey actually came about, maybe in a fan fiction sort of a forum or sort of um, way. But uh, there's there's lots of different ways. Uh, there's several different ways to uh, get attention of and to build your own audience, which is probably actually the most important thing to executives now. Uh, beyond anything else is do you have, you know, 100, 500,000 Twitter followers or how many people are actually, you know, on your Facebook or how much action are you, how much social network um, action are you drumming up? Um, and that can be, you know, drummed up from, from Longview, Texas, <laughs> you know, or, or wherever you happen to be at. Uh, you could you can, uh, you can definitely um, – reach your goals and uh, and do the work and probably be further along than somebody who's waiting tables in Los Angeles for sure. Right. Oh, the fan fiction, yeah, we're doing that actually now, border class. We work, but that's, that's, that's about me. This isn't about me, it's about you. So we're going to stay on you, ladies. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not going to talk about this, this is your show. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just the moderator. <laughs> no, this is your show, which it definitely is. <laughs> Yeah, we're happy to be here. Whatever oh, direction you want to take it in, we'll just hold on and enjoy the ride. <laughs> hey, well, you know, you, you say something about like you sing, so if you want to break off some notes right now, feel free. <laughs> yeah, I know she get quiet. But <laughs> for you ladies, you talked about something, um, and it, while it's still in the membrane here, Tanya Kersey from the Hollywood Black Film Festival talks about this often, and this comes up at panels, comic books, film, what, even business, relationships. <laughs> Do you feel? I think I, I we've had this conversation, but I wanted to ask you for the people out there who are not familiar with this. the The best way that you would feel, or a good way for people to approach building relationships, would be what, from your point of view? I think um, first, building relationships um, with people who are in your circle. Are people that you meet who are like um, new writers or new directors or whatever whatever your uh, your realm is like reaching out to those people that is your that's your most um, basic and secure network because with all of you writing together and working together like all this is you guys will all like matriculate. Uh, at around the same time, your your friend, your friend who you started writing in a writer's group with or whatever, may move on to something else, and somebody else may move on to somewhere else, and that could be a resource that you call on later. That's your most, I mean, that's the easiest relationship to make are people who are just around you and, you know, on your own level. 
the next mm-hmm. thing um, would be to, like, find somebody who, I mean, to find somebody who you really, like, seriously take a real interest in, who is maybe, like, a step or a couple steps ahead of you and reach out to them. Hey, I mm-hmm. saw your film at the festival, or, you know, go to film festivals, meet them, shake their hand, let them know that you, you love them and you love to, like, have coffee with them or something. That's another level. Um, and then you can probably reach out and try to look for a mentor, somebody who may be working in the industry that you would want to work in, and you may have something in common with. Maybe they went to your school, or maybe you guys are both into Doctor Who, or, you know, maybe you're into <laughs> cosplay, or, like, what, you just find some level that you can really seriously connect with somebody on and then use that to to reach out to them. And, uh, I mean, because there are people, like, you know, people that we came here to L.A. with, you know, we're all now, like, years later, all working in different arenas. And you can, I mean, these are people who knew you back, you know, when when you, you know, didn't have $15 in your bank account or whatever, you know. And so, like, these are, like, your real people who really genuinely know you and who you could call on for favors and stuff. Um, So I'm... I'm all about, like, um, you know, making those connections. And don't be, you know, don't always look up, you know, like, look around you. Like, some people come in and like, oh, I want to be like that person on that show or whatever, and that's all I want to surround myself. I mean, that's a good, it's good to, like, want to surround yourself with working professionals, but some of your most, I mean, the person who will pick up the phone the fastest is probably that person who, you know, you worked with uh, at Starbucks who was also a, a writer or whatever. So, I don't know. I mean, I think there, there's a... There's different different ways to to build your network and uh, different levels to build it on, and just uh, uh, you should, just should just be aware of those as you're as you're like uh, connecting with people. Hmm. You feel this came up? I like to watch a lot of commentary on a lot of video, a lot of film. I just love hearing the commentary, but even the producers or the writers, whatever. And do you ever feel that people make the mistake of? looking, they want to make relationships with the person that has the title versus those that do not. I asked this because I was watching Predator 2 last night with uh, Danny Glover on it. And the director <laughs> yeah. or the producer, I always love that one too, uh, the director or the producer, I think it was the producer, he made the comment that about always being nice to people and being kind to people and trying to help people if they're really sincere about getting help. And how he met this gentleman, I think he said the person was waiting tables or came out to L.A., was, you know, was doing the hustle of survival that we all know, and that when they were working on the Predator script and getting the scripts together and the notes together, six months later when they were in the U.K., uh, no, when they came back to L.A. to go to the studio, one, the, the executive who walked in was the same kid who was a waiter six months earlier. <laughs> and the guy, <laughs> and he said he was so happy that he was nice to this guy, and how the waiter oh, was like, hey, wow. do you I think he said he was a waiter. He goes, hey, do you remember me? And they were talking about back then and things like that. And I'm wondering if you think people make that mistake of overlooking the person that's, that doesn't have the title. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm asking? Yeah, it's true. It's true. It happens all the I mean, I think it happens all the time. And I think um, to the, I mean, to the detriment of, of, uh, of relationship building and things like that. There are people who, you know, they'll step over you. <laughs> like, literally, <laughs> I've been in <laughs> networking situations where somebody is stepping over you, like, put, literally pushing you out of the way, or you're at a party, and everybody knows that, you know, oh, that's the person who produced this, or they were in that. And so they're stepping over people to get to the person who 
has already done done the, the work, you know, who already has already built their own connections and things like that. I mean, sometimes it works, you know, um, and sometimes, you know, you just make everybody angry, <laughs> especially if you're not, <laughs> if you're, you know, if you're annoying the person <laughs> you're trying to get to. So, I mean, I do think that it's it's tough. I mean, and, and there are times when, you know, people have gone all around the room and asked everybody, you know, so what do you do and who are oh, you? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, that sort of thing. And it's like it's not about who people, you know, what their titles are because those are ever-changing, you know. Mm-hmm. Somebody mm-hmm. who was one title in one day is going to be, you know, maybe in another year or so it's going to change. And does mm-hmm. that change? And if that changes the way you treat that person, then you have to look at your motives and your intention because it just kind of means that you're not a good person. <laughs> You know, if um, because there are people who, you know, they've talked all over you and done all sorts of things, and then, and then they find out you work on a certain show and their whole demeanor changes, you know. Mm-hmm. Or they, you know, they've just, you know, tripped <laughs> or they've done something, you know, really rude or whatever, and then they find out, oh, you're working on this show? Oh, wow, well, tell me. We must, you know, give me your number. And it's like, what? <laughs> so people, I mean, it's just a level of... um genuineness that, uh, you know, some people just don't naturally possess, (laughs) that they don't naturally possess, you know, so um, I think it's it's good to keep those sorts of things in check, you know, just realize that everybody are human beings and, you know, roles and and things will change. Even there are a lot of people who, um, you know, and I've noticed this a lot in Los Angeles, I don't, I mean, I'm sure it happens a lot in any other big city, but they'll... um, it's a zip code sort of thing, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, you I know, know you if somebody lives in Beverly Hills or, you know, are you in Santa Monica or, you know, or if you're in the wrong place, then, you know, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you well, you don't know, you know, or, you know, oh, well, we let's move over here and let's continue mm-hmm. to talk, you know. So it's like, you know, those sorts of things. <laughs> I mean, you just never know. And, and area codes and zip codes, they change as well, so you just, you just have to really, you know, try to just uh, be on a genuine level and, and treat right. everybody, you know, uh, respectfully. Yeah. Right. So, and I just keep those things in check, even if you yeah. realize, I mean, I don't know if some people, you know, maybe it's just a mechanism that they don't have or or if it's something that you just have to continue to keep in check that as you're networking and sort of, you know, rubbing shoulders with different people. But, mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. Jenna. I know. I totally think it just goes back to connecting with people on a, and just learning how to connect on a on a really truly genuine level. Just mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what somebody's title is. You know, if you're in a event and you guys are having a great conversation, then just allow things to develop um, naturally. Because I mean, everybody, even if they're not the executive at Fox, I mean, everybody has a um, everybody has roles. That person could just be a good friend. You know, I mean, it's just you know, just be, everybody has a place in the choir. Everybody does have a place in the choir. That'll be the title of our uh, biography. Oh, no, biography. <laughs> everybody has a place in the choir. <laughs> oh, man. I love that. I love that. In the closing minutes here, let me, I like to have my, I like to rock my uh, top five questions, but I'll probably just do three. And then we weren't able to get uh, the music up, but I do want to ask you about this. I might start with you ladies, people giving me their uh, their top ten music, their songs, and explain to me why oh, yeah. they know about that song. But I won't do it yet, not yet. So here's the first question <laughs> for you two ladies. If, if The traditional, if you weren't doing the creative stuff you were doing now, what would you be doing? 
October teaching. Yeah. Don't take my answer. Oh, sorry. Twindom. Yeah, probably teaching or then somehow I always felt that I might be doing uh, nursing or something uh-huh. because uh, it's like I grew up just thinking I might want to go into nursing. But, yeah, something like that along those Nurturing. lines. Nurturing. <laughs> Nurturing. <laughs> Being a happy homemaker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Not working, you know. (laughs) Watching daytime television all day. Right. Traveling the world. (laughs) Here's the next one for you ladies. Uh, Top film you've, the last top uh, great film you've seen. Mm. Or good film. Or good film, like you'd recommend to somebody. You'd, you'd okay. recommend that they you that you recommend that they would pay full price, not go download yeah. on a torrent. <laughs> I think I'd probably say um, Attack the Block. Uh, it, I don't I don't know if it was the last great film that I saw, but when you just said that, uh, it was just excellent. It was fun. It was adventurous. <laughs> set in London. Uh, had a little get sci-fi, the, a little action. Get this snitch. A story about some. <laughs> Get the snitch. The, the song, the song that um the guy that the gang member sings in in the weed room. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was the film. Of, I like World, film about, World War Z. That was oh, probably wow, cool. the summer, like a summer summer blockbuster movie. I would say if you had to go this summer and it's still in the theater, I would say don't sneak in. You could you could probably pay full price <laughs> for World War Z. That was the most recent one I've seen. Oh wow. um. And also um, the one about Oscar, Oscar Grant. Oh, Fruitville Ave. Fruitville Avenue from uh-huh. yeah from our hometown. So yeah, uh-huh. check that one out too. Yeah, that's a movie I won't see because you know I I, I saw Roots when it first came out. And let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, yeah, for for drama, for drama's sake, if you if you still need a little drama this summer, then yes, most definitely. Yeah, I, I might come out of Fruitville. <laughs> Looking at folks sideways. So. <laughs> no, no, that's, um, no. I I tell you that when you walk away, you walk away with um, you walk away with hope. It's very hopeful, even though the subject matter is, you know, it's uh, it's tough subject matter. But you walk away with a, a spirit of hope. I love that about what you did with the film. So, so we have uh, Fruitville Avenue. We have World War Z. And we have Attack the Block. Attack the Block. Spike City loved that play. I love. I think Ace I'm writing. Particularly sci-fi, I put Attack the Block in. It just has wow. that. Yeah. It's just so fresh that vibe. Yes, it is. You know, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. It's a movie. It, it just stood out because I remember I showed it to my law students. You know, particularly uh, my eleventh graders, and they first off they've never seen people that look like them with the, with that accent. And oh yeah. <laughs> first they're like, wait, they're English, like yeah. But they were so into it. Even some of my Latina students were telling their folks, you know, hey, put this on Netflix. You got to watch this film. Yeah. So I love. It. Yeah, it's a great film. Fruitville. W- and okay, I love they w- believe. <laughs> believe, bro. Could <laughs> <laughs> be bad. Could be bad peas in there, you know. <laughs> a great film. A great film. We have Fruitville uh, Avenue. We have World War Z. And we have Attack the Block. So next question for you ladies here is what artists or creators out there are you that that would you recommend people check out? Could be a comic book, could be a screenwriter, could be a film or animation. What creators out there are you recommending people to check out? 
Um, who to check out? I well, somebody who's been really inspirational to us, uh, just mm-hmm. from youth to now, is Octavia Butler, mm. who was um, a science fiction writer. Um, she passed away a few years ago, but uh, seeing her uh, inspired us to to just open our minds and and uh, challenge ourselves to tell stories that are just completely unconventional. So, I think. The fact that Octavia Butler existed is probably the reason why Adopted by Aliens even happened, and uh, just she just informs a lot of our words. So I say Octavia E. Butler. Yeah, I'd also say um, for his history's sake as well. I like um, the work of Jackie Arms. I would um, Mm. recommend that people check out. She was an African American uh, woman cartoonist. And uh, she uh, she was active in the 30s and 40s. So definitely check out her work if you can, just to you know get um, get a little history and also see some 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 great work. Oh yeah, we're talking history there. It's interesting yeah. with Octavia Butler and Jackie Orme. They're bleeding Philip, you know, K. Dick to you know dry with you know uh, Blade Runner and Total Recall and things like that. And there seems mm-hmm. to be a challenge trying to get any of Octavia Butler's work to the screen. I have an idea. Actually, I have an idea why, and I'll tell you all offline. But what is your – why do you why do you think that that would be the reason? Like, she has such a body of work. What do you think? Is there a challenge getting her work to screen, or what do you got? What do you what do you think? And then we'll talk about Miss Jackie also. Um, with Octavia Butler. I think, um, I mean, I just think there's a, yeah, I think to really, you'd have to have the, I mean, with any project, you'd have to have the the, the big names attached. I don't know re- how recently, um, were they trying to do Kindred, or do you mm-hmm, know yeah, if they Kindred. were doing any, any oh, yeah. I think it was my soul yeah, it was Kindred. Kindred. they were trying to do. Oh yeah, yeah but they, uh, Underwood I know was working um, on my soul to keep in some other projects from um, another writer as Anna, well, a science fiction writer. Can Anna, Anna Reed Reed do? Reed. Yeah, he That's was it, yeah. Yeah, today, yeah. But uh, oh yeah, who's also we we love a lot of her work as well. But um, I just think it's a. I, I don't think that it's it's impossible to happen that Octavia Butler's work is gonna you know come to screen. I do think that it you know is just gonna take a little. Um, Probably more campaigning on 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 the part of uh, people who have the rights to her work, mm-hmm. and um, and the right people attached to it to really get it to you know to go completely. But I think um, it would be great to see some of her her work um, on screen. I think a great introductory um, book for anybody is Kindred. Mm. Yeah, I think um, the other thing is. Can I? Uh, I just wanted to ask the other thing about Octavia Butler is that she tended to write a lot of strong female leads, yeah. and um, I think, uh, you know, there's there's just been some recent articles in um, in the press as of in the last couple of weeks about um, the number of um, films with women leads, like, dropping right, uh, several right. percentages, right. and um, I just, you know, like, finding finding that right talent to, to put in one of Octavia Butler's roles would uh, would do a great service to helping it get made, you know. But, I mean, mm. just, you know, packaging, you know, talent, director, money, all of that together uh, to get some of this stuff. I'm sure it's going to happen soon. I hope yeah, it'll happen in our lifetime. And 
hopefully we may be responsible for <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. some of our trivia Butler stories to life. But I mean, I know it's yeah. I know because so many people are aware of her work, so I know that something will be coming down the pipeline soon. Oh, well, that actually leads to my next question. So you both have, you know, Real Republic has just met an investor. Uh, we'll say his name is Saeed. <laughs> and he, he he created a film fund of $30 million for you to produce a film based on Octavia Butler's script. Who directs the movie? Whoa. Who would direct? Uh-huh. And you have the final say. You say, Saeed, we want this person. Okay, no problem. Um, I feel like Tim's story is going in a really, is really going in a good direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like he has, you know, he's done Fantastic Four. He's done a lot of, you know, great projects. Did, did he, um, he started, you know, doing TV stuff. And, I mean, I feel like he has, I, he would be one of the first names on my list, actually. And, um, yeah, I don't know who else you would want to have on the list, you know. Probably Ava DuVernay. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's so many names. Gosh, we would be here all day, but uh, uh, there's a, <laughs> that, I think there's a lot of names two. to go into. <laughs> part two. <laughs> yeah, I would yeah, I, actually, but... I think that would be really dope to have, like, Tim's story on it. Because, I mean, I know he started, he did Barbershop, like, back in the day. He recently did Think Like a Man, but he's also done, like, Fantastic Four and, you know, the, mm-hmm. the couple of um, movies of those. And that okay. would, I would be really honored. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we have, I thought we have it would be honored to see everybody. Well, we already yeah. know who I mean, we are. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I thought I was oh. stepping over somebody. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> do your thing. <laughs> do your thing. <laughs> You want. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, if we could go on and on. I mean, like, if we had to really come up with a list, we would have like a a list that included like 25 to 50 people. <laughs> but yeah, right off the top of the head, I would say Tim Story, Janae saying that Ava DuVernay, who we love, we love her work as well. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So I, I don't have to ask the question about who would do the screenplay adaptation, correct? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> So, and I would even uh, throw our names in the directing for just for good measure. <laughs> I understand. Just to make sure it stays true to the story. <laughs> I I'm with you. I am definitely with you, ladies. Last question here. It has to do with Miss uh, Jackie Orm. Do you think, um, let me see, you are teaching a class on creativity. How important would it be for you to educate the fellow creators about the history of the craft, such as a Jackie Orms or somebody? Do you feel because it seems like a lot of artists these days just don't, whether film or comics, they don't understand the history of the game. How important do you think that would be? Yeah, it would be it would be extremely important. I mean, and um, just as we think think about you know our influences, I mean they're they're many, they're varied, and they you know they come from different parts of history and they come from different disciplines, and you know you have to know the history. I mean, and I hate to tell cliche, <laughs> but you know, as, as they taught us as children, there was that little poem or song, you have to know that your history or the world would just be a great mystery to you. Uh, so I do think that that's, I mean, that's really important, and I think it's, I mean, it's good and empowering to know that you're, you know, you're not alone. You, you know, there's always been people before you and ahead of you who have uh, trailblazed, even if you don't know it. You can always reach back and and learn more about them and um, and their work and their craft, and it'll definitely um, 
rub off on you in some way and help yeah, totally. um, help inspire your work. Yeah, I mean, and it's for like learning too. Yeah, it's true. I mean, even if you look back at the, um, just in film, like how the early guys got started back in the, the 1910s, you know, you see some of that work and uh, what was that, a uh, trip to the moon. You're like, mm-hmm. wow, how did they make all that crazy stuff? They're doing special effects right inside of the camera. I mean, mm-hmm. like we're with, you know, all this stuff that we're doing now, it's like you see all these crazy explosions that took, you know, that, thousand teams of thousands to put together and then you watch a simple film like that and you're still like a, a century later you're like wow like if i can do this is something you may be able to pull off right. <laughs> you know with your with your iphone so i mean right. like just learn when you learn the history and you learn like the base the very basics and how those basics can be applied to what you do you can take from those basics and just um and and uh build on top of it it's just like uh people say um, you're standing on the shoulders of giants. Like right. if you know, like if you know what you're, if you knew everything that ev- a lot of people before you knew, it just makes you that so much better. You know, mm-hmm. just because you have that history, you're, you've been informed. It makes you a better artist, I think. All right, ladies, we are there. We have gotten to the stop. We have to do a part two, and when we do that part two, we're gonna lead off with your song list. But, you know, I want to thank you both for coming on air, taking the time from, you know, your time at the Staples Center, doing whatever you're doing over there. <laughs> Live uh, from the Staples Center, 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 <laughs> Center, Center, Center. <laughs> and I really appreciate you really, you know, sharing the knowledge with the people out there. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to give a round of applause to our ladies here. Yay. And I want to thank Thanks, you, ladies. ladies. You're more we than welcome. We appreciate you having us. Hey, I appreciate you being here. Mm-hmm. So on that note, ladies, a much thank you, and y'all have a great day. Thank okay. you. Good evening. All right. Oh, we have 90 seconds okay, left. Okay, talk to you later. Gotta go. Hey, I love you guys. Enjoy the closeout music. <laughs> love you. Thank you. All right, you. Bye. All right. You. Bye. take care. Love you both. See you later. People, I'm going to tell you, the ladies are just, they're just, they're creating such awesome work. They're creating work that you really have to check out. And they're very inspirational when it comes to the people. And there's nothing more I can really say. So I hope they gave you – I know we had a lot of knowledge how I spoken on air. I hope it really touched you guys. I hope it motivated you folks. There's a lot of you out there listening. I'm sorry I can give all your questions, but I think I covered the gist of most of them. And I just want to say that, you know, hey, they're doing the do. Check them out, Real Republic. That's R-E-E-L, like film, com. Check out what they're doing and, you know, reach out to them, Twitter, Facebook. You can find them if you're looking for them. So on that note, we're going to close out with a cut here that they wanted to check out. They are on their top ten list here. It's a group called The Story. Songs called Kings. In this case, we were talking to two queens today. They are some of the most righteous young ladies that I know. They're awesome. I love them both. And they're just how people should be in the business. Be real, be humble, and just be who you are. All right. So I can cast it to bring it live and direct coming from Los Angeles. This is Word on the Street with Shawnee and Chanel Gibbs. People, I am gone. Enjoy the, enjoy the cut. Good night or good day or good morning.
that of the group King, Story, Twins Paris and Amber Strother, long-time connection with themselves, another young lady named Anita Bias, going to have to get them on the show one day, but again, this, they named the two four artists in this group, the three artists, are the twins, another set of twins, uh, Paris and Amber Strother. Cool ladies, I believe uh, I'll give you a little bio on them. Uh, their story began in the August afternoon in L.A. when I went to a rehearsal session in Boston, Boston, or in April 1986 in Minneapolis. Twins Paris and Amber Strother began their musical journey by listening to favorites of their parents together from the crib. And once they're able to crawl, found the way to the piano. So let's go a little further here. They spent years unknowingly ripening their crafts of writing together until they parted ways and left Minneapolis with Amber to pursue studies in Chicago and Paris to enroll at music school in Berkeley. I'm sorry, in Boston. I want you to go to Berkeley because Berkeley School of Music is in Boston, my hometown, by the way, outside of Kinshasa. A chance meeting with a young woman with a golden voice and an incredible ear changed her life. Los Angeles native Anita Baez had fallen in love with music and art as a young girl and spent years cultivating her voice, imaginative and vivid songwriting, and creative storytelling. Their Boston encounters stay fresh in their minds, in the minds of both. And when fate brought Paris to California and reunited them years later at a club in L.A., they knew it was a sign of something special. So, folks, that's a little touch there, some music. We're going to leave out. We're definitely going to do a part two with the Gibbs sisters. There's so much we have to cover. There's so much so much knowledge they have to share and so many stories they can tell. And what we're going to do is, in our part two, we're definitely going to lead off with their eclectic music list. It's covered a lot of genres. And, again, that one of their uh, suggestions that they loved, that they dug on the list, was uh, King. And this uh, cut we just grouped to uh, the story. So, again, I want to thank you guys out there, you ladies out there, for tuning in. Hope some knowledge was shared with you that allow you to open your visions, open your gaze, pursue, don't give up. You see they do so much, but you see they're still able to laugh and still able to enjoy what they do. And enjoy what you do. You're doing it. I'm not doing it. They're not doing it. You're doing it. You already know what your vision is. So make that vision real. It's up to you to make it real. It's up to nobody else. But be nice to people. Be kind to people. And just keep flowing. If you have that vision, you see it. No one else sees it. The reason why you see it, because it's your vision. So, folks, Sidekick so said to bring it live and direct again from Word on the Street with Shani and Chanel Gibbs. People, you have a great day. You be safe. Rule the world. Change the world. And just be who you're supposed to be. Because you know what? No one can be you but you. On that note, all I can say is good night. Let's hear a little uh, faith for love on the way out here.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluation within 24 business hours to scholarship academic support, and your GCU graduation team, led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.